Hello. Hello. Hello, you okay? Yes, how are you? I don't know why I nearly went foreign then. I was like, hello. 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 How are you today? Um, so I am back and you will notice that I am joined once again by the wonderful Liz. Since we recorded our first episode, which was quite a while back now, it was back... Yeah, I reckon that was about two or three months ago. Yeah, it was a while, wasn't it? Something in the summer. Yeah, because you came round and we took Dexter up for a walk, didn't we? We did. <laughs> <laughs> he is sat beside me, so I'm hoping that he behaves for this. But I really it, doesn't. I find it really funny. Well, you nearly wet yourself when you were last with him. <laughs> it's the way he is with the cats. He just wants to be their friend. He just wants to be their friend. They, they hate him. They absolutely hate him. Yeah. What have you been up to? I've been really good. So since we last spoke, the film that we discussed, Killers Anonymous, came out. And it yeah. It's now out and about, um, which is cool. Saw it. Great film. Awesome, yeah. Very happy. <laughs> I want to know, actually, before I forget, I was thinking about you this morning. Who, like, who's the fa- most famous person you have on your phone? I don't know. None of them really ever give me their numbers. Oh, harsh. <laughs> See, I, I'm just, like, no filter. I would just be like, hey, Jessica. Hey, Jessica. Oh, Can so I have your name, number? She took my number. Oh, Jessica Albert took your number. So she's got me in her phone. But, but you know, she's never texted you. <laughs> That's quite a good plan, isn't it? I'll take your yeah, number, Liz. Yeah, we'll call you. Um, no, I'm still waiting to hear from her. Um, it's not happened yet. It's been a year. <laughs> what about you? You, obviously. All right. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, your, your, the film Killers Anonymous came yeah. out. It's been, it's had yeah. some really good reviews. Yeah, it's had, you know, as with every film, good and bad, and you just have to kind of take everything, even the good ones, take with a pinch of salt, just kind of, you know, it's um, anything creative on a public platform is subject to praise and criticism. So you just have to kind of be thick-skinned, but also not to let the good ones go to your head too much. And since then, I've been working on a comedy script for a TV show which I'm really excited about. I can't really say much about it. And I've also been writing a children's book. Oh, nice. Um, and what about personally? I believe you've followed my little path of yeah, sobriety. I have. Really, only really recently, actually. I've been considering it for a really long time. And actually, when we last spoke, which was a few months ago, I was thinking, I'd really like to do that. And I don't know why, but it was like a... I really had to psych myself up for it. Um, because I knew that I had, you know, lots of friends' 30th birthdays coming up, lots of, you know, Christmas, um, all things like that, which make well, you sort of think, oh, God, no, I couldn't, couldn't possibly quit alcohol before that. But then I thought, well, no, that's, that's ridiculous, because there's always going to be some sort of celebration. There's always going to be a time where alcohol is involved, particularly because we're Brits, and that's just what happens. So, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I went out on a Saturday night, not a particularly wild one. But the next day I just felt rubbish. And I thought I had so, I had so much to do because I worked for myself, you know, I had so much to do, I just didn't get anything done. I felt like shit and I thought I just, I'm done. I've had enough. So I'm just, you know, for now, I'm just trying, seeing what life feels like without it. And I've been on a couple of nights out, no alcohol and had just as much of a good time. If not better, I honestly, better. Don't spend time waiting at the bar. Don't, I mean, the money, going out for a meal and you pay for just food, it's like, oh my God, I'm going to save so much money. (laughs) So (laughs) there's just so many benefits to not drinking. And just in myself, I feel better. My skin feels better. My stomach feels better. Just in general, feel healthier. That's really good. I, I celebrated my 200th day. Oh, wow. Yesterday totally get what you mean I knew that this year there was a lot of things going on like our one-year wedding anniversary there was us moving house there was Alan's work Christmas party is always mad but I just thought I'm just gonna do it and actually I've been able to come off my medication which is great so I'm a couple of weeks off that now yeah was that what you when you originally decided to stop drinking was it sort of had you decided on a sort of time frame or had you thought ever I won't ever drink 
So I didn't say ever because the minute you say forever to somebody. But also that's not the best way to do it. You're supposed to give yourself manageable chunks of time. Yeah. And reach those milestones and then go from that milestone and then go into the next one. Exactly. This, it's, if you do say forever, it's daunting, isn't it? And then you think, God, I can't manage that. Yeah, definitely. So my whole thing was I'm going to do it for a year. I started on my birthday this year, which is the 24th of April. And I thought I'll do one year. I'll see how I go. And if I like it, maybe I'll carry on. But um, I have been thinking like, maybe it is best for me just not to. I just didn't want to say it out loud because I didn't want to have that failure, you know, or the pressure. So yeah, it's, um, I think there's always going to be challenges and it just depends on whether you want it or not. The other thing is, um, I do get, quite bad anxiety over you know some of the smallest things sometimes big things I do you know I do get anxious and god even in two weeks I've noticed such a massive drop in anxiety I'm just so much more level-headed and calmer I sleep better yeah and that's that's literally from cutting out drinking maybe once in the week not heavy drinking and then and then once the weekend yeah literally cutting that out the difference is massive so I'm really I'm really looking forward to seeing how I feel in a year's time or in you know not supposed to do that in a couple of months time that's the thing there's no rules Claire Pooley who wrote the sober diaries she did 100 days that was her thing she was like I'm gonna do 100 days and then she got past 100 and once you get to 100 days like psychologically and um I think it's physically as well that's when you you see that's when things are supposed to get easier after yeah. the 100 day mark yeah. because most likely and I think in those 100 days you have to really evaluate you, you're going to come up with scenarios situations that are going to be difficult or you know many things can happen yeah yeah um so so 100 days for her was her thing some people go out and they just go I'm, I interviewed Sarah Ordo who wrote Sober as Fuck, brilliant, she's hilarious, but she, she was quite young, and she went to a, a festival, and it got very dangerous, uh, because she had been drinking, and she woke up in hospital, and that day went, I'm never drinking again, and she hasn't drunk for years, and years, and years, so there's no, I think it's, it depends what works for you psychologically, because for me, if I turn around and say, I'm not allowed this, or I'm banning this, or I'm quitting, if I, if I use those kind of words and that negative or wording and thought processing around it, then I think I'd find it more difficult. Yeah. However, if I think of it in a more positive way, like I choose not to drink or I'm not drinking and not being that restrictive with it that's what works for me so there's no rules just choose find out what works for you that's part of the process yeah for sure I wanted to talk about today friendship because I haven't really had anyone come on and talk about it and I guess it's because it's such a part of our lives generally anyway and we kind of forget about it but female friendship and friendship in general is just fascinating yeah and we things have come to light recently in the in the tabloids. You've had the whole like Colleen Rooney and Rebecca Vardy thing that was, I guess, old news now. I've been living in a hole, right? You... I've missed everything. What's happened, Liz? Are you kidding? No. It was it was on the like the news. Why? What happened? Basically, best use of ellipses ever. By the way, uh, basically, what happened, Colleen Rooney was suspect of somebody on her personal Instagram account leaking stories to the press. Colleen Rooney blocked everybody from her Instagram stories mm-hmm. apart from Rebecca Vardy. Genius. I know. Like, I can't believe I'm she telling you this. Has, uh, she. <laughs> so this has been main news, right? Yeah. Let me find the tweet. Because she she basically tweeted it, and I, I have to read it out because I know I won't do it justice. So she tweeted, this has been a burden in my life for a few years now, and finally I've got to the bottom of it. For a few years now, someone who I trusted to follow me on my personal Instagram account has consistently been informing the Sun newspaper of my private posts and stories. 
there has been so much information given to them about me, my friends and my family, all without my permission or knowledge. After a long time of trying to figure out who it could be, for various reasons, I had a suspicion. To try and prove this, I came up with an idea. I blocked everyone from viewing my Instagram stories except one account. Those on my private account must have been wondering why I haven't had stories on there for a while. Over the past five months, I've posted a series of false stories to see if they made their way into the Sun newspaper. And you know what? They did. The story about gender selection in Mexico, the story about returning to TV, and then the latest story about my basement flooding in my new house. It's been tough keeping it to myself and not making any comment at all, especially when the stories have been leaked. However, I had to. Now I know for certain which account slash individual it's come from. I have saved and screenshotted all the original stories, which clearly show just one person has viewed them. It's dot, 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 Rebecca Vardy's account. Oh, fuck. That just gave me chills. Oh, my God. Yeah. So this blew up Twitter, was on the main news. I can't believe you've missed this. Uh, this was in when was this? This was at the beginning of October. What? That's why I said it's old news. Oh my god! Wow. What's happened since? What's Rebecca Vardy said? So Rebecca Vardy say, said it must be someone on her team, and that she's getting somebody to look into it, and she's hurt, and the fact she's very heavily pregnant, and apparently like Jamie Vardy has unfollowed Wayne Rooney on instagram so the boys have got involved with the beef but i it like everybody's kind of unpicked it and people have got different different theories about it in terms of like is it fair to call a heavily pregnant woman out is it you know blah 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 i'm sorry she's selling stories about her friend for that's just that's bullshit yeah but that's like the ultimate betrayal of a friendship yeah, I mean, we have to say allegedly because it could be that somebody else has been on her Instagram account or whatever. But I, I don't know. I just think, it, but it really got me thinking because everybody kind of started talking about it and talking about how could she, she do this? Like, why would she do so this? Were they close friends? I believe so. I believe they weren't. I believe they're friends in kind of the wag world. Wow. I'm I'm glad that now you know about this story. I, lo- I it was it I'm, was. I'm definitely gonna after I've spoken to you. I'm definitely gonna spend a long time looking up everything about it. <laughs> you should. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just made me it made me think about friendship and about my experiences with friendship. And I'd be really interested to know your experience with friendship. Because at the beginning, I, I like jokingly mentioned like the numbers. If you had a famous person yeah. on your phone, but. How have you found friendship in the business that you're in? To be honest, I am very lucky in that I've I've got a fairly large group of friends that I've been friends with since I was a kid. And so I've always been quite careful and picky about who I allow in as a friend. And I think there's a massive difference between someone being your friend and someone being your mate a friend who is somebody that you you share your life with you you genuinely share a part of yourself with that person and somebody who you do just socialize with and you are much more selective about what you share with them and there have definitely been times in the past where I've shared things with somebody and it has become a betrayal particularly in the business that I work in not just on the on in friendships but colleagues as well you have to be so careful because it is fickle. It is very much not everybody, but a lot of people are out for themselves, very ruthless. Um, and most people, in my experience, don't have your best interests at heart because actually, I suppose, why would they? If they've only known you for a certain amount of time, you know, you can't always expect somebody to treat you with the same respect or morals or care that you treat them. And um, so, yeah, I've absolutely faced some horrific feelings of betrayal from friends in the industry but also on the flip side have made some wonderful friends through work because I suppose you have 
you're instantly very like-minded because you're working in the same field particularly if you work very closely with someone on a job you can become you can really get to know each other for instance one of the girls that I worked with on Killers Anonymous uh, Ryan Brown she she lives in the states but we spent months together we ended up then actually staying in the same place together while we were filming and we became really really good friends and I would consider her a genuine friend she, she's not just somebody who who is a mate and there was there's something about her that I implicitly trust as well as enjoying her company so it's kind of that full package of friendship and then there's other people that you know you become friendly with and then they sort of behave in a certain way and think okay right we're not friends we're mates and that's you know and I think it comes with age and experience where you can determine a lot quicker who you're going to allow in as a friend and who you're going to keep at a slight arm's length there's almost like tears to it aren't there there's like oh absolutely tier one friendships uh you probably I mean I've only got a handful I'd Mm. say of tier one friendships and then you've got those because I'm one of those people that I really enjoy people yeah I enjoy getting to know people I enjoy hearing about people's stories I enjoy helping people and I I think I trust people very easily I do too yeah too easily so I, I do sometimes find it hard to pull back and be like, okay, don't imagine you're going to be best mates forever. Yeah. And I've yeah. definitely made that mistake many times. I have to. Yeah, for sure. Much more careful now. Mm. But in the past, for sure. Have you ever fallen out with a friend over a guy? I think there's been one occasion in the past I've had a brief bickering with a friend over a guy. And very soon after that, it was one of the most hilarious things ever. In terms of it being a guy that we were maybe both interested in at some point, right? Other than that, in that sense of it being about a guy, no. But yes, there has been a very painful breakup with a friend over a guy or over two guys, but not in a romantic sense. They've sort of been the the catalyst and it's all wrought with just being in love and protecting I think maybe being mm. protective of your man stuff like that but never in I've never fallen out with a friend over a guy in that sense no I don't think I have see I think I have once but it was when I was much younger and it and actually you know how you look back and you're like red flag that was a red flag mm-hmm. and when you're I mean it doesn't age doesn't come into it but when you're interested in somebody you you could be shown a million red flags, but you're like, it's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> Have you seen that meme of a guy handing a girl, it looks like a bunch of roses, but it's a bunch of red flags? Yeah. She goes, I love them, thanks. And she just takes them and puts them in a vase of water. It's so true. It is so you are, true. You are blinded with infatuation for somebody. You completely, yeah. you, either, you either don't see them or you see them and consciously choose to ignore it. Yeah, see, I've definitely done that too. So this was Sam. So you've read my book, so you know Sam. And he was texting, he was probably texting so many girls, but he just so happened to be texting me and my friend. And we, this was right at the beginning when I first met him, like when we first came, like started to know each other. And I was so determined I, I don't even know why what it was, but I just almost didn't believe her. And I, I thought, no, you're a liar. Like, yeah. you can't possibly have the same level of feeling as I have to him or with him or he has with you. It's not possible. And it turned out that he, he ended up not talking to her much anymore. I don't know what, I, I don't know what exactly was said. I, looking back now, I wish that I had... Uh, been more savvy and been like let me see the text that he sent you and the text that he sent me and he stopped talking to her in the end but she really distanced herself from me after that and we weren't we weren't friends after that and it was because I had decided essentially to pick a boy over my friend which is a really shitty thing to do but I think when you're 15 14 15 everybody does it it's like yes okay the whole the girl code thing I mean, yes, it is a bit of a shitty thing to do, but oh God, is there is there anybody that hasn't done that at some point? Mm. You really like somebody, you really like somebody, and you. I guess you sort of think, well, why should I have to pick? 
why are you making me pick? Why should I? I really like him. I want to be your friend. Why, why, why does it have to be a situation where it's him or you? But yeah, that's, and also at 15, bloody hell, that's, that is hormone city, isn't it? You're not, <laughs> not thinking straight. No 15 year old on the planet is thinking straight. No, I, yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. I definitely wasn't. But I think when it came to him, I just never thought straight. But you know, there's always that one person that you're like, I, I don't, I, I can't with you. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a high chance that we'll end up in the same Tesco. There is nothing worse than going into Tesco and thinking, who am I going to see? Yeah. And it's because it's the bright lights, there's no distractions, and you are, if you come across someone, you are stuck. You have to have a chat. You either have to have a chat or you have to completely ignore. Yeah. It's the worst. And also, whenever you go into Tesco, I don't know about you, but it's the one time you're guaranteed to look like shit. Oh, yeah, 100%. Guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, met, I've met friends who, and we'll get into why we are no longer friends, but I've met friends who I'm no longer friends with in Tesco oh, and God. I look like shit. And I'm like, oh, you're joking. Like, really? <laughs> Sometimes it's more horrific seeing an f- old friend than oh, an ex. Guy, yeah. But I also actually think that um, fallouts with friends or breakups with friends can be um, astronomically more painful than breaking up with a guy. If they've been a friend since you were young and you have a really, really deep connection with that person and you fall out, it's debilitating. I've, I, you know, I have certainly fallen out with friends and made up, you know, a few weeks later or whatever. And I lose so much sleep over it and get so, so upset. And it's sort of, I definitely go into, this is the end of the world kind of mentality. If I, if I, if I feel like one of my close friends is upset with me or doesn't like me anymore, which is always a little bit dramatic, but I do go there. I, it's the end of the world and I think I, I can't I can't live without that person because like I said there's this sort of core group of of us that have been friends since we were since we were really young some since I was you know four others maybe in sort of like early teens late teens starting secondary school and you become like family they become your sisters or your cousins they, you become so intertwined with one another and you have so much depth and you also you all know each other's weak points and so if you're having an argument or something goes wrong you know you can hit them where it hurts and sometimes if you're both if you're both on that level it can go there but like I said these 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 girls that are my friends are are, are like family and it never it never goes on for too long and as we've got older we don't really fall out anymore but god it's painful when it happens see we're different in that sense because I've never had a group of friends like because I moved around quite a lot so I've got friends I had primary school secondary school until I moved to Malvern for year 10 and I was in Malvern to 18 and then I moved back yeah it was I mean it wasn't it wasn't but the thing is is that I I needed to move I had such a shit time at secondary school in Cheltenham and moving was I think that really changed the course of my life in a positive way and I got to be the new girl yeah that everyone found interesting yeah which was really strange because I went from being shunned like some ginger I was about to say lurcher but that's not the word (laughs) (laughs) and you've when you've got diseases and people what's it called leper leper ginger leper to being this new girl who was exciting to people yeah I was shiny and new and everyone nobody knew who I was so it was good for me but as a result because I've moved around so much and obviously at 18 I went off traveling on my own when quite a lot of my friends stayed back well none of them came they went off a little bit later in the year if at all if they hadn't already gone to uni so I was kind of out of the loop when people went into adulthood, I kind of missed that. So I, I lost that group of friends that I had had before. That's actually probably another very significant age where you solidify your bonds with people. And it's kind of that as you go from a massive group of you, I'm just sort of going from my experience, but on this same kind of 
idea that you go from this kind of massive group of everybody in say year seven you've all started school and as you go through those milestone moments whether it's starting your periods or whether it's your even like GCSEs or your first boyfriend or you know those those things that you go through growing up then leaving school going traveling get your first job all of those things the ones that are still left at the end when you the first one gets pregnant or the first one gets married or the first one goes through their first divorce the ones that are still there those are the people that you've had you've gone through all those experiences with and at that point I just think you are family but if you've missed those those points with the same people I can imagine it's harder to keep a group of you together because you're all off doing different things and not experiencing it at the same time yeah I agree with what you're saying and I missed all those moments so I always left the group of friends I was the one that left and I recently had an experience where basically one of my old friends from my group of friends in Malvern has moved to Cheltenham with his girlfriend and he had like a housewarming party and I went to the housewarming party and there was literally every single one of my old friends, some of whom I hadn't spoken to in years. And how was that? Were you nervous? It hurt. Really? It really hurt. It made me like, I think I miss my friends quite a lot. I have friends, you know, I'm not, I'm not a loner, but I've got, I've got very key friends who some of which you've been with me all of my life or or at least you know my my best friend Kirsty she we we met in year seven and no matter what we've gone through so much stuff but we've stayed together we've like because there's just two of us and we can kind of stick together and then I've got other friends who come in and out but it's Mm -hmm. just the way that the friendship is but with these this group of friends I hadn't spoken to them and Part of the problem was because the friendship line got blurred with one of the guys. Yeah, it's interesting you said that because as soon as you said one of my old friends from Malvern and you said he moved to Cheltenham, instantly when you said friend, I was thinking female. When you said he, oh, it's a guy. Yeah, so this wasn't the guy who's blurred the lines at all. So we we were always friends. Basically, there was a group of us and I've always found get I get on with girls really well but I love having male friends yeah um and when I moved to Malvern boys went from being horrible to me Mm. to being some of my best friends and I think it's because I'm not very I'm quite male oriented I was the person who would go and play football with the lads like I was that kind of girl when I was in primary school so I've always kind of really enjoyed male friendship because it's just simple yeah so this group it was guys and girls and we all got on really well we were really really close and I was 16 and there was one guy in the group who we shall call John and we were always we were best friends we were so close um but we were always kind of a will we won't we because we both kind of liked each other but there was always it was always the wrong time you know one of us had some somebody or a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever and basically what happened was we went and went to a party one night we both got drunk and John and I slept together and he was my first and in my head I thought oh my gosh this is gonna be it we're finally gonna get together and I mean it wasn't very good we were both very very drunk and I'm pretty sure we had been smoking weed as well it was a great first time (laughs) um However, I know it's just how you wanted to be. I'm pretty sure there were other people in the room. It was vile. <laughs> um, but I'm really worried my dad's going to listen to this. Sorry, dad. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, it was it, it was this thing. But basically what happened was that night he had kissed a girl before. And this girl ended up being his girlfriend for the next three I think two or three years and hated me as a result. And our friendship was done. That was it. She hated me. I don't know how she found out that we'd like got together. He'd probably told her or something, but it, 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 I just lost my best friend. And I went through obviously quite a lot in the preceding years. And I missed him so much because I just wanted my best friend back. I didn't want a boyfriend. I didn't want anything romantic from him. It wasn't that at all. I don't think I've ever done that. 
a platonic friend and then it moving into something romantic but I can imagine that once that line is crossed it's incredibly difficult to go back I think I mean looking back I think I probably did want more than a friendship because I loved him so much but not in a but now I with with retrospection I didn't love him because I was in love with him I loved him because he was my friend and he was one of my closest friends and difficult um feeling to differentiate between different types of love with people and I think it's even harder definitely even harder with your female and your straight and your friends with a with a guy Hmm. if you love them as a friend are you in love with them or do you love them the same as you love your other female friends but then you also if you are attracted to them or you can just appreciate that they're good looking you know that's that's a really difficult emotion or feeling to really define with somebody and how you know what's the difference between the way you feel about that person to your boyfriend or someone Hmm. who you just care very deeply about or someone that you're just insanely attracted to there's so many it's really I I just think there's so many different types of of love and it's really hard particularly with a again if you're straight like opposite sex friendship to kind of differentiate between that yeah no I definitely agree with you I think especially I think especially when you're younger because when you've got these friendship groups and you see each other, especially when you're at school, you see each other every day, you see each other every weekend. And you create this relationship with friends that is just so dependent, it's so codependent. And actually when I, I, so I saw this particular person at this house party and it was really difficult because this was back, I was drinking. So I of course was like, I need a drink. I can't cope with this. And it wasn't, and it was really, it was a really hard situation to be in because obviously I'm, I have no romantic feelings towards him. I'm married, but those, that, that, that it still hurt it's to see him. Cool, isn't it? You know, you see, I imagine you haven't seen him really since. I haven't, I hadn't seen him since I was probably about 17. Yeah, so you um, haven't had a chance to actually spend time around that person to allow those feelings to ever become something else for them. Mm. And so you're going back into a situation where the last time you saw him, you were probably... I mean, it sounds to me like you were in love with him. Mm, I'm not sure. I think that I definitely had feelings of love for him, but I don't think I was in love. Yeah. But but I think I feel very deeply yeah. with friendships, yeah. which is why I need to be careful quite a lot of the time yeah. with female friendships. Yes, but also on that, as soon as you, if you have sex with somebody, well... There is the, I'm obsessed with this oxytocin, this chemical that is released when you have sex with somebody. And it's oh, right, yeah. a lot stronger in females than it is with males. And it's all to do with attachment. And, you know, there's a lot of age old history and science that goes, goes with it. But as soon as that happens, you become, I guess, chemically in your brain attached to that person. Mm. If you've already got feelings there particularly as well, even if it is just as friends, but then you've had sex with them and the oxytocin soars and you are then connected. Mm. And if you are somebody that feels very strongly for other people anyway, I'm the same. And it's very difficult to kind of just shrug it off. You know, it it does stay. Mm. I think what was really good actually in this particular, because it wasn't just him, it was the fact that there was a whole group of people that I spent every single day with who I absolutely loved. And one of the the reasons why I was so hurt with this group of people is that I loved that I still love them so much. Yeah. Um, and I'd, I'd spend time with them in a beat, in a heartbeat. But when I really needed them, when I was in hospital, I didn't hear from any of them. When I ended up in hospital, there was probably maybe five people that were there for me. And I I spoke to John about, it and basically tried to say to him I I know it must have come across that I was looking for a relationship from you but actually I just needed my best friend 
Um, and he kind of said, see, I didn't want to speak to you because I felt so guilty about the situation. And then when everything happened, like obviously when I went into hospital quite a few years later, he just didn't, he had gone to, got to the point where he, could, he couldn't physically talk about it because it was like, it, I don't know how to deal with this situation that you're in. I don't know how to support you in this situation that you're in. We haven't spoken for a long time since something happened when we were children, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't, I just, I, I couldn't deal with you. Mm. I couldn't deal with who you were, which is actually quite a fair point, I think. So it's avoidant, isn't it? It's that sort of like, I don't know how to deal with this, so I'm just not going to. Yeah, but do you think your friends have that burden? Do you think that if you're a friend, you... But I do think it's an obligation. I think, like, if you... Well, I think if you are truly somebody's friend, and this is what I mean, the difference between friends and mates, Mm. to me anyway, if you are somebody's friend, you are there when they are ill, when somebody dies, when they are hurt, when they're happy, when they're on top, when they're at rock bottom, like, you're there. And if they go through something that you can't deal with and you disappear, to me, well, they're not your friend then. Mm. Because that to me is like a definition of friendship. That's how, that's how I would define a friend. So it's a difficult one because also we go into, you know, what do, you, what do we do as friends? You know, what's up, what do we, I consider being a friend, it's a, t- it's a, job, it's a job role, it's a title, it is. Mm. It's same as being a sister or being a cousin or being... A girlfriend being a wife it is a role and it's like you put so much if you put years into a friendship which is a relationship if you put those years in and you have you know essentially with friends you've you've made a decision to stay in each other's lives you're, you're not actually obliged to you're not bonded by blood you're not there's no contract but you have made a decision to to remain friends and if you go through something like that like going into hospital and someone goes Ugh! To me, not friends. Mm. Yeah, I think I think this. The, or it's what, not good enough. It's not good enough. Then. Yeah, it's not good enough. I think the problem was is that I there was quite a lot of separation before the yeah. fact. It wasn't like we were we were really close. That happened and then they disappeared. I think it was because it was over. There were many many different things. So I'm not that. I don't feel that. Uh, I'm not hurt by that. I think it's just no. the loss of. When you Friendship. Were see somebody that you expected to hear from and didn't, or was it sort of in hindsight you think, huh, I didn't hear from that person? Sam was one person, but that wasn't, I wouldn't class that as a friend. But no, not, not really. I think there was, there was definitely somebody that I heard from a lot mm. who I didn't think I would hear from, who was, he, he again, he, mm-hmm. he was not my friend, but he was my sister's friend. Right. Uh, who is also in the book. Yeah. Uh, so he so he would contact me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a difficult one. I think when you're going, when you're, when, when you go through certain periods, some things are easier to deal with or, and to understand than others. Like, for example, when my nan died, I think it was the day or two days after I, after she died, I was meant to be going to see my friend in Bath who he was another person who we'd kind of tried to be like boyfriend girlfriend when we were younger but it never really it just I I was not a good relationship person at all um how the fuck I'm married at 28 I don't know but yeah like we were kind of but we we've always stayed really close friends and I consider him a really close friend of mine and I drove to see him it's a bath two days after my nan died I cried the entire way there I hadn't told him anything. He opened the door and saw me crying and didn't, I, I think I must have blurted out like I, my nan died. And all he did was he gave me a cuddle. He, we went up to his, cause he was at uni, went up to his room and he put on, um, oh, what is that film? It's a really inappropriate film choice now when I think about it, because it's basically, it's like, something about England or uh, three lions oh <laughs> and he put three lions on and I and just sat there lay like lay on his bed while I cried 
into into him. And then about maybe like halfway through the film or or whenever the the cow gets blown up or the sheep gets blown up or whatever, I kind of lifted my head up and I was like, what the fuck have you put on? (laughs) Like, to me, that's friendship. You don't need to say anything. You don't need to be anyone. That's what I need from a friend. I need affection. Yeah, yeah. Just being there. Just, yeah. just being there, for sure. Whether it is just to distract you or to just give you a hug, to put a stupid film on, to dry your tears, to allow you to just sit there and scream and shout, you know, whatever you need when you're in a moment like that. Your friends know as well what you need. Sometimes mm. more than you yourself. Mm. Have you ever had any experiences of... Of friendship breakups. Yeah, there was actually one of the one of the biggest ones for me was with one of my best friends since I was really young, really really young. We became, I think, very different. I think this is the other thing as well is when you've been friends with someone since you were so young, the likelihood of you growing up and remaining exactly the same is very unlikely. And we both became very different and we found ourselves in a situation that basically blew up and it kind of divided our entire friendship group or it was just that first fallout between two people within our friendship group and it was awful it was it felt like it felt like death like it it felt like I completely grieved for that friendship but I felt so hurt and so did she we both felt so hurt by each other we couldn't we couldn't be in the same room we couldn't go to the same events we couldn't we weren't friends anymore and it was painful beyond beyond belief and it was like I remember thinking this is worse than any breakup that I've ever been through this is it's awful and then you have the added complication of feeling betrayed by your mutual friends are they going to hang out with me or are they going to hang out with her? And that becomes another thing. And that becomes painful. And then they all get fed up a bit and they want you to be friends, but you're so passionate about the fact that you're not friends, you know, and it becomes like a battle. And this went on for years, really, where we were just, just not friends. And gradually over the years, I can't actually remember how exactly we got back in touch or how things started to get back on track but years later we are now friends again our friendship is completely different to how it was then but we have this abundance of childhood memories together a genuine love for each other she's been through something incredibly difficult in the last year last few years actually it's been a really hard time um and actually I think possibly her going through a really, really hard time was something that made me realize I really love her. I really, really love her. You know, despite the fact that we have fallen out and our friendship is fractured, I love this person. And I care deeply about the fact that she's going through something really shit. And, you know, I'm happy to say that, yeah, now we are friends again and she lives she lives a million miles away, but we, you know, we still, we talk and we, I don't know, there's almost like a, almost a, another level of connection now. I don't, I can't quite explain it, but maybe going through that breakup and sort of rekindling, I guess, um, sort of solidifies a friendship a bit. But I do think there's also a lot to be said about when friendships can get too intense or when you rely too much on each other and I think I maybe did that with her I think maybe possibly expected too much from her as a as a friend you know it's sort of like I said you're not you're not bonded by blood you don't have to do these things for for each other but I think maybe maybe I just expected too much or I don't know I don't know but either way very very painful very painful um and there's been there has been another one as well but um Again, now that we're older, we can sort of be civil and talk, but um, yeah, it's the worst feeling in the world. I hate it. Absolutely hate it. 
I think friendships quite a lot of the time are a bit like relationships mm-hmm. because oh, they, I know they are relationships, but I mean, if we put relationship into the sexual relationship category, boyfriend, girlfriend category and friendships into the friendship category, mm-hmm. because I think at some points you do need to work out, is this worth it? Like, mm-hmm. is this behavior, is this behavior that I'm going to deal with or is it behavior that I'm not? I've had to look at friendships a few times and and weirdly actually my wedding was one of the biggest points in my life where I realized I'd been wasting time on people Mm. a lot of people say that about wedding and I've heard a lot of people actually after your wedding a lot of friends actually get shared where it's like yeah you you were a dick on my biggest day of my life you're gone yeah See, I, I've had a few fair weather friends, people mm. that are very much, they love you. They want to be with you all the time. They want to, you know, have spend loads of time with you. They want to go on holiday with you. They create all these big plans with you and you are their sole attention for months, possibly years. It's um, friendship love bombing. It is a hundred percent. And you're, you feel like the best, like the most special person yeah. in the world. And it's a bit like with fuck boys, they do exactly the yeah. same thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, you serve a purpose at the time. And it's like whether you are maybe your single friend and they like, oh, I need, I need that person. Or you're a drinker and they're a drinker. I need that person. Or you have access to things that they want. I need that person, whether it's in work, whether it's like, or you're friends with someone that they fancy. There's, there's a reason or a motive behind the friendship. Yeah. Usually when that initial love bombing, friendship bombing comes in. Yeah. like friends 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 let's do everything 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 together and then it does either explode or just very quickly drop off yeah see I think I've been treated by a a so-called friend I think worse than I have by a boy yeah um in in the sense of she would and she did this for a long time we worked in the same place for a bit um I won't say her name but we were we were so close and um we had so much fun we'd always go out we were it was that kind of friendship like let's go out for drinks let's go out let's get dressed up and what she started to get into this pattern of let's go uh let's meet up for this at this time yep great yep great the day would come she wouldn't turn up or she'd cancel and I stopped, and, and this happened, this, this went on for like a year or two. And in the end, I was like, oh, she's just one of those rubbish people. I don't really want to be friends with her. That's kind of it. So I left it. And then when I got engaged, she surfaced. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I can't believe you're engaged. I'm so happy for you, blah, 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 blah. Oh, we've got so much to talk about. I've got to tell you about this guy, blah, 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 blah. It was like love bombing again, straight away. You know, I, I need to see you. I miss you. Love, like friendship bombing me again. I can't wait to see you. Let's do something. She arranged a couple of things. And of course, when she first came back, oh my gosh, I can't believe it, blah, blah, blah. I was still in the midst of like, oh, it's, you know, my wedding. This is what we're going to do. And I stupidly said, of course, you're invited to the reception. And um, she was like, oh my God, that's great. Can I have a plus one? despite the fact we hadn't seen each other in years, but I was like, okay, yeah, that's fine. I'm chilled. It's fine. Put her down and put whoever this other person was. And then it went on a little bit. Oh, I really want to see you. I really want to see you. She'd just cancel or she wouldn't show up or she, there was, there was at least four times that she was supposed to come to my house and she just didn't. Half the time she wouldn't even acknowledge that she hadn't turned up which I just thought was strange but she just uh, does not turn up she just wouldn't turn up wow or she or she it was it was like a guy it was literally like a guy guy asks you out on a date let's go out next Wednesday okay cool and then Sunday comes and he just stops talking to you and then he doesn't talk to you again for however long maybe two weeks and then we'll be like oh my god how are you what are you up to let's do something soon <laughs> typical like, um, I, I can't, it was just like a relationship. So I kind of thought, oh, she's not going to bother coming to the wedding. Like, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not bothered. But I wasn't angry at her because 
I find it takes me quite, I think I put up with a lot with friends, but I also wasn't stupid. So I just thought, no, I'm I'm not bothered. It was about a a month or so away and she'd messaged me out the blue. I can't wait to come to the reception. Let me know if you can come. Yeah. Okay. I'll come. I'll be there. Blah, blah, blah. And the night of my reception, she didn't show up. What? I looked on Instagram and she was at a barbecue just at somebody else's barbecue. Um, I messaged her because I thought, I'm not letting you get away with this. I've spent money on you. There are people who I have not been able to invite because we only had a small, a very small wedding. There are people who I would have loved to invited who haven't been able to come because you've got two, basically you've got two places. Um, And you're not even hiding the fact that you are at somebody's fucking barbecue and you're supposed to be at my wedding. And I messaged her and said, Hey, where are you? She didn't message me back. So I, and I, I left my phone for the rest. I was like, I'm not going to bother with you for the rest of the day. And then the next morning I just messaged her saying, Hey, what happened last night? Like, where were you? And she didn't message me back. And that was in June last year. And I haven't spoken to her since. Um, I decided I'm done. I deleted her yeah. off everything. Yeah. And two weeks ago, oh, I've got a friend request on Facebook. <laughs> She's added me as a friend on Facebook. She's requested my friendship. Um, I haven't accepted it just because I, I, I cannot be bothered to do this again. It's like three, four times now. And... It's when I've spent money on you and you've yeah. haven't even given me the courtesy of even just try and make something up, mate. Like, <laughs> just like, I don't know, maybe someone stole your phone and took a photo of a barbecue. Like, I don't know, like make something up. Oh. Don't just blatantly fuck me <laughs> off. That, that is bad, bad, bad form. Not on, bad a, form. on a friendship level, on a on a human level that's shit. yeah yeah and um i i kind of had a quick peek on her facebook profile because you gotta you gotta mm-hmm. stalk and she's pregnant she's having a baby so i don't know if that's her change of heart and she suddenly wants to have friends who aren't maybe all the wants- going out drinking friends but maybe she wants extra gifts for the baby <laughs> well she's not getting one off me no <laughs> that was a friendship breakup that should have happened a lot sooner yeah. i think yeah. Because I had been treated the same way for many, many times. And I just kind of put up with it because yeah. that was who she was. She was the friend yeah. who was always a bit rubbish. Yeah. But actually, you don't need people like that in your life. You, do. you absolutely don't. And you're more than within your right to cut people out who, not that if they don't serve you, but if they just take away, like if they are causing more distress than joy in a friendship mm. no. I heard somewhere the other day it was quite interesting so, so you've got your, your five love languages you've got words of affirmation you've got physical touch you've got gifts um yes that kind of thing yeah. and actually that's very true for relationships and it's true for how you treat your partner but it's also true about how you treat your friends yeah for sure and is it, doesn't it go back, isn't it quite um, relevant to how you were brought up to identify love? Yeah. With what love language, because mine's very much, yeah, affection, like cuddles and cuddles and kisses, you know, parents, very, very affectionate and lovely and cuddly. Um, that's how I definitely identify with, with love. But also mm. friendships as well, always, you know, it's a cuddle and a kiss and a, you know, but not really, not so much like gifts, not so much. What are the other ones? Uh, there's time, quality time, like t- like the amount of time spent. Yeah, that definitely. Yeah. See, I'm not that bothered about that. And I think that's just because not, I'm not used to it. Yeah. I'd, I'd much prefer words of affirmation and, and touch. Yeah. Like I, I remember one of the best parts of my Hindu was being cuddled up in bed with one of my best girlfriends and just having a cuddle even at 27 I just want a cuddle and that's 
<clears throat> my way. Situation recently where I was really, really upset um, about a boy. And I went over to my friend's house. This is one of my, one of my oldest friends. She lives, she only lives down the road from me in, in London. I went around for dinner and I just sat there and just cried. I think we were watching Love Island. <laughs> we were watching Love Island. And that's when you know it's bad, when Love Island makes you cry. And I was just in bits. And uh, she said to me, she went, you're not going home tonight, you're staying here. Not only, so she lives with her boyfriend, not only did she make, she told me, you're not going home. She then set up her sofa, which is the most comfortable sofa bed I've ever slept on. She slept on it with me. So she didn't stay in with her boyfriend. She and I stayed on the sofa and she just, she was just next to me until the morning. And that was, to me, that was just so, such a support that I needed. And the thought of going home at that point, I, going home on my own at that point would have been really, really hard. But I had intended to, that's what I was doing, I was going home. But she was like, no, you're staying. And she's fa it's a fairly new, she'd only really just moved in with her boyfriend as well. So it's kind of like, I'm basically their surrogate daughter. I just sit around and cry. <laughs> <laughs> She's like got like a 28 year old newborn. Yeah. yeah. But that was like, yeah, that sort of just being in that, you know, she was there as another body next to me. And I know that that's a support that is not compromised. It's just completely, it's unconditional. Mm. And I think friendships are it is though it's, it is in those moments where you're just like you are like, I don't need anyone else yeah. I remember I this was back when I was like 17 18 no I must have been 17 because I was underage to drink and I was I had been going out with a boy who was much older he was in his 20s yeah. like early 20s and we'd had this relationship it was great we went to Liverpool for um New Year's Eve with his sister we had a great time it was great and then we got back from Liverpool and the next few days he was really weird with me and I kind of knew something was going to happen so when he messaged me when he texted me um like a couple of days later and said oh I'm I'm coming to your house like we need to talk you know, you know you're going to get broken up with. And I was like, shit, I've never been broken up with before. I've always got in there first. This is shit. <laughs> um, so I kind of, he, he did break up with me. I was too young. Um, and uh, I rang my friends. You know Amy. I rang Amy. Yeah. I rang Helen. Because that's how Amy and I met. We're, we've been best friends since Malvern. Yeah. And Amy lived, you know the song 21 Seconds? Yeah we lived 21 seconds <laughs> long away from each other so we would turn up at each other's houses going I got 21 second go I got 21 second flow and know all the words um because that's how long it took us to walk to each other's oh, house so nice. um but yeah so she came round with our other friend Helen and I think my other friend Louise they came round with I think two bottles of god knows what some kind of alcohol yeah. and like two packets of cigarettes and we climbed over the fence into the graveyard which was like just behind my house which is where we used to hang out every now and then weird weird children and i cried and i let everything out and they just plowed me with alcohol and cigarettes and i mean that is friendship to me yeah absolutely absolutely so this is where we're going to end it this week. Make sure that you tune in next Monday for the rest of our chat. Um, there is so much more to unpack and there was nowhere I was going to condense it into just one episode. So don't forget to subscribe so you get the new episode as soon as you can. And I'll see you next time.